Anger can be a good motivator, but rarely a righteous one. Although there can be righteous anger, when we lash out at others, it's more than likely with ill intention. The man in today's episode had reason to be angry, but it's what he did with that anger that defined him. So how could he learn to manage his anger? And how can we? Let's find out. Hello friends, welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. I'm Timothy Gregory bringing you the story of a man who grew up in an abusive and bitter home, which infected the way he thought and acted toward, well, pretty much everyone. Yet there was one person who offered a space of peace instead of anger. We'll see just how that impacted the man in today's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Also, you'll want to stick around because later we're going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter yet another sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but it is a prize, and I think it's a prize that you are really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. Part one of the true story of Raul Reese. <laughs> Nothing I can't handle. Still, good luck. There's been another report on you. Oh, yeah? A football player this time. What'd he say? It's more of what you said and did. I believe the quote was, You know it ain't gonna get any prettier. <laughs> well, it's true. And is it also true that you told him to get out of your way, and then when he grabbed your jacket, you punched him in the throat? I don't remember it going down that way. And then you beat him into a corner and unleashed fury on him after he crumpled to the floor. Is that what he said? And that you remarked, laughing to a buddy, guess I showed him. It wasn't my fault, Mr. Barnholm. It's never your fault. You're in dozens of fights, and it's never your fault. It's always someone else's, and you expect me to believe that? Yeah. <laughs> You're a danger to the students in this high school. Every time I walk outside these office doors, there's a kid with a busted nose or a broken face complaining about you. I face consequences. Yes, but you are violent and arrogant. And we've both lost track of how many times you've been suspended. My point is, I've got to protect my students from guys like you. You're a menace to society. Here, give this to the secretary. You're suspended again for two days. The boy in our story would learn how quickly life can shift, and not always for the better. Based on his book, From Fury to Freedom, we bring you part one of the true story of Raul Reese, right now on Unshackled. I walked out of high school that morning, breathing in the cool, fresh air, thinking of all the fun I'd have on my two-day vacation. I had been fostering so much anger that I rather enjoyed egging someone on and imaginatively created all kinds of petty offenses to pick a fight. I grew up in Mexico City with a drunk father who abused my mother and blew every last cent on whiskey. So, growing up, violence and chaos was my world. Fortunately, my one haven was found with my grandmother, 
or lovingly referred to as... Mamacita! Ay, Raul. I'm so happy to see you. Mamacita, I'm glad I got here. Papi is yelling and, and I ran without stopping. You want to stay the night? Yes, I love to stay. Uh, good. Uh, we'll rent a bicycle for you to ride tomorrow. Thank you, Mamacita. Here, let's get you a tall, cold glass of milk. Oh, that would be perfect. And I bet you'd like some of the sweets I baked earlier. I would, Mamacita, I would. Mamacita was the only one whose love I could sense. Instantly, upon making it to her house, my tense young frame would relax. Mamacita's home had a peace about it. I could be at home there, without fear of poison words or punishment. While father's vile language ripped my soul, Mamacita spoke softly, with love in her eyes. But there were times I couldn't even take refuge with her. <laughs> Slow down, don't run in the house. Come on, try harder. You hit like a girl. I barely even felt it. <laughs> Is that why you made a face? I didn't make a face. Ooh, looked like you were about to cry. Oh, yeah? How does this feel? Ow! That's enough. Knock it off, you two. You knock it off, you no good drunk. Why, you little... Ah! <laughs> the words had spilled out of my young heart before I could stop them. The right hook I took left my lower lip split, and then father threw me on the bed and locked the door from the outside. Although only 4.30 in the afternoon, he threatened what would become of me if I came out. So I laid on my bed, too proud to cry. Later, I awoke to a familiar voice in the hall. And, Father in heaven, I pray for my grandson, Raul. I pray for his protection. I pray he will grow to be a man of strong character. A man, a healthy man, a man who will know God. I pray he will find peace. Dios Santo, let there be peace around him and let there be peace within him. I laid in bed wondering if anyone answered Mamacita's prayers. Was there really someone named Father in Heaven? Was he anything like Father in the room across the hall? Three more violent years awaited me, years that made Mamacita's prayers seem unheard and unanswered. By the time I was 11, life was intolerable. We were living in an adobe house with dirt floors. There wasn't enough food. And I was daily threatened by father's increasingly violent rages. No escape seemed possible. Even in Mamacita's fateful smile, hope seemed to have dimmed. I wondered what would become of our battered family. Raul. Raul. Oh, what's going on? Raul, get up and get dressed. We're going on a trip. A trip? Here, put these on. Where are we going? Is Papi coming? He's not coming. We're leaving him. What? We're going to the airport and we'll fly to Tijuana, then drive to America. America? Let's get moving. I felt a strange sense of relief leaving my father behind. The young eyes had seen enough drunkenness, enough beatings, enough fighting to last a lifetime. I had never lived a day apart from the shadow of my father's wrath. And now, all I could do was wonder what it was going to be like to finally be free. Leaving Mamacita was the only thing that gave me a pang of pain 
but I'd see her again. Moving would be a new and intimidating experience, but mother and I knew nothing could be as frightening as my father. We lived with my cousins, and within months, I was going to a private religious school. It seemed someone in heaven had answered Mamacita's prayers, but I found some good things don't last forever. I meant to tell you we're meeting your father in Tijuana next Saturday. Hmm, for a visit? Well, yes, a visit. He's coming to visit us. I, I don't want to go. You don't have a choice. Well, I should. I hate him. Well, you better get over that. I'm finishing his immigration papers, and next month, he'll be coming to live with us. Are you crazy? Raul. How could you do this to me? He'll just start beating us all up again. He promised he won't drink anymore, and everything's going to be different. He means it. Mama, he's never going to change. I'll never stop hating him, and I'll never stop hating you for making us live with him again. Father's promise to stop drinking lasted a few short weeks. Soon he was coming home drunk, and he and mother were fighting just as frequently as they had in Mexico City. That brought quick words of hate and defiance from me. There was open hostility with my mother for allowing father to return. We moved to a new house, so I left private school and entered public school. I was full of violence and anger as I started high school. To add to the chaos, a baby sister was added to a family. The one solace I had was my six-month-old German Shepherd, Panther. Get the ball! Get the ball! Good boy! Come on, Panther, come on, boy! Good boy! You're such a good boy, Panther, yes you are! Let's take a breather, boy. Hey! <laughs> I don't know what I'd do without you, Panth. You're the only thing I look forward to coming home to. Panther! Where are you? Panther! Panther's not here. Where is he? Well, he's somewhere special today. You can see him another day. What? Mom, where is Panther? Did he get hurt? No, Panther's fine. Don't worry about him. I'm not just going to not worry about him, Mom. He's my dog. Did you tell him? Tell me what? Mom, give Panther away. What? Mom, you didn't. Did you? That lazy dog. All he does is make a mess and no one cleans it up. Mom! I should have gotten rid of him a long time ago. I don't believe this. Mom, I love Panther. How can you do this to me? What's done is done. But... Shut up, Raul. But I just... Just shut up. Father drank and raged, and his explosions punctuated our family life, while my mother's words constantly tore at me with never-ending criticism and correction. But this incident with Panther was unprecedented in its coldness. As far as I was concerned at the time, she had set out intentionally to hurt me, and succeeded. Sadness did not make its way to me. I was too lost in outrage. And this time, I was going to do something about it. Run away, back to Mamacita. Hey, how much for a ticket to San Isidro? Five dollars, son. Thanks. Sir? Yeah. Um, wanna buy my bike? Ten dollars? Ten bucks? Ten. I need one of those tickets to San Isidro. <laughs> All right. Sold, kid. And take that baseball card off the spokes. Sure. 
Thanks. I bought my ticket and eventually made it to Tijuana. But from there, getting to Mexico City would be harder. I didn't have the funds, so I eyed the bus driver, knowing I had to get creative. Sir, can you help me? What's the matter? I gotta get to Mexico City. I'm running away from my father. He hates me, and I have to reach my grandmother's before he finds me. I gotta get there fast. Son, I can't. Wait. You see all this luggage I got to load? Yes, sir. I tell you what. You help me load it, and I'll take you along. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. But I was in Los Angeles before that. How long have you been on the run? A couple of days. Well, I hope you are making the right decision. Seeing my grandmother can't be a wrong choice. I'm Jorge, by the way. Raul Ruiz. And I really appreciate your help. I'm really not supposed to do this. But you seem desperate. I am. And I'll never go back. Well, never say never. Anything can happen. That's the thing about life. Anything... What in the world? Hold on! Folks, we'll get back to Raul's story in just a moment. But first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 73rd year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org. Dot org and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, unshackled, we take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, let's get back to Raul's story. The bus crashing into a horse held us up for three days as Jorge and I waited for the replacement bus to arrive. Once we got to Mexico City, he kindly stuffed money in my pocket and paid for a cab to take me to my grandmother's. I was so excited, I could barely contain myself. Because then, I believed my plan had succeeded. Surprise! <gasps> Raul, you've been missing a week. We've all been worried sick. I want to live with you, mamacita. Raul, listen. I hate my parents. I hate America. I never want to go back. Things are more complicated than you know. What do you mean? Life hasn't been easy for your father. You know, his father disappeared when he was a little boy. You feel sorry for him? Your father had a lot of responsibilities. He had to work from a very early age to help me. Mama Sita, he gets drunk all the time. I know. He's been drinking since he was a boy. It's his way to escape from the pressure for a while. But Raul, he loves you. If he loves me, then why does he beat me? He's always blaming me for everything. 
And Mother is constantly putting me down. You need to be more understanding. Your folks do the best they can, but they have a lot of pressure. Well, I hate them, and I'm not going back. You can't do this. You're only 15. You have to go back and do your best to love them. I'll never love them. I want you to go call your parents and tell them you're here. <sighs> They'll be so relieved to hear you're all right. Father was surprisingly calm when I called. Even when he told me he'd be down in a few days to bring me home, I told him I never wanted to see him again. Mamacita tried to get me to see how God had his hands on things. But I thought of all she had gone through herself, and it was apparent to me that God couldn't care less about us. In the end, I went back with Father, aware that his promises of change would not last. I knew I'd have to turn 18 to really escape. And that couldn't come fast enough. Hey, Raul, where have you been the last week? Away on business. You know how it is. <laughs> Suspension, you mean? Hey, that chick over there. What's her name? The blonde? No, the redhead. She's something. That's Sharon, man. And you might as well forget about her. She has a boyfriend. I didn't say I wanted to date her. I was just asking who she is. Yeah, right. That was the morning I got in some trouble with a football player and was once again sent from the school grounds with another suspension on my school record, none of which slowed down my rebellious behavior. Raul, are you crazy? You're gonna kill him! Just teaching him a lesson! The cops are right there! We gotta split! Get on the ground! On the ground! Yes, We're sir! Down. We're down! We're down! What happened here? Well, these guys, they came out of nowhere. Really? You should have seen him. Hassling us, kicking our cars, hitting us. We were just defending ourselves. That's right, officer. All right. Listen, you're going to get out of here. And you're going to stay out of trouble. You got that? Yes, yes sir. sir. Usually, I could fight my way out of situations. And I could always lie my way out. I had gotten off the hook so many times with my smooth talk that it had become a joke amongst close friends. I avoided Sharon's questions about how my weekend went because usually girls like brave, heroic guys, but they don't like the violence that sometimes produces the hero. Still, things were falling into place for me. Hey, can I ask you something? Sure. Ask me anything. I don't know if you heard. I've been selected as one of the all-sport princesses for homecoming. Congratulations! You'll be the cutest one there. Oh, thanks. Well, I need an escort. My boyfriend Mike already graduated, so I can't take him to the dance. It has to be someone still in high school. Oh, yeah? I was wondering if maybe you'd be my escort for the evening? Sure. I'd love to take you. <laughs> Sharon and I had a wonderful time. Still, it was a bit awkward picking her up from her parents' house. They were some kind of Protestant missionaries, and I was, well, me. But I was on my best behavior, and I drove away marveling over her sense of peace, and how I wanted that peacefulness as well. However, it looked like I was going in the opposite direction. Raul Reese, please report to the principal's office. Raul Reese, report immediately. Wait, what? You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> oh man, what did you do this time? I really haven't done anything. <laughs> Save the claims for the principal, man. Maybe you'll convince him this time. 
This him? Yes. Yeah, you look familiar. Raul Reese? Huh? You're under arrest for assault and battery. What? You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. I don't... I don't understand! It turned out the guy he had beaten that weekend had been taken to the hospital in critical condition. There was no getting off the hook and no doubt about my guilt. The court-appointed lawyer advised me to plead guilty and said the only question was whether I'd spend one year or two in jail. So, once in the courtroom, we were all in for a surprise. <clears throat> Raul Reese, the court has given serious thought to what would be best for you and society. The court has decided <clears throat> if you want to serve your country in the Marine Corps, sentencing will be suspended and you will be allowed to do so. What is your answer? Your Honor, I'll enlist in the Marine Corps. I couldn't believe my ears. I had escaped again. I had two friends in the Marines and they both wound up in Hawaii. I almost left out loud as I saw my victim limp away dejectedly. In my cruelty, I thought I had beat him again. I left the courthouse with a cocky grin plastered on my face, thinking, Reese, you've got this world licked. What are you planning to do after graduation? Go to college. Probably a junior college, then transfer to a Christian university somewhere. Cool. What about you? Oh, I enlisted in the Marines. Really? That's impressive. Yeah. I'm heading to boot camp next month. Then I'm guessing I'll be assigned to Hawaii. Will you write to me? Sure. I'd love to. I had my work cut out for me at boot camp. The daily grind helped me release some of my anger. A grind that included marching, working, sweating, climbing, shooting, and crawling. We were nonstop moving for 17 hours a day, becoming the few good men the Marine Corps was after. When training was finally finished, I was in for a shock. Look out, guys. L let me see. I gotta find my name. Oh, yeah! Uh, I'm going to Europe! And, and Kenny, you're going to Hawaii. Aloha! Oh, yeah! <laughs> good for you. This guy. What about you, Reese? Let's see. Um. Well? Westpac? Oh. We all knew what that meant. Raul Reese was on his way to Vietnam. The place so many men were coming back from in bags or blown to bits. As my father drove me to the dock, our feuds now seemed insignificant. Now faced with the fact that I might be maimed or killed, I boarded the boat, feeling the question weighing so heavily on all the men. Will I live through Vietnam? Stay tuned for part two to find out how this angry soldier went from contemplating murdering his family to building a worldwide ministry. Listening friend, are you, like Raul, trying to cope with an abusive and neglectful childhood by lashing out at the world? Do you live a life of disagreement and discord? In Philippians 4-7, we have a wonderful promise, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Do you hear that, friend? God's peace will guard you from anxiety, doubt, 
fear, and distress if we are in union with Christ, if we believe in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. If you do not possess that inner peace, if you do not have a personal, real relationship with Jesus Christ, why not take that step now? If you need help in making this crucial decision, we encourage you to call 1-888-NEED-HIM or get in touch with us here at Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast, and don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. All right, the new prize for this sweepstakes contest is yet another beautiful wooden scripture plaque. The verse on this one is Lamentations 5.21. Turn thou us unto thee, O Lord, and we shall be turned. This plaque is, well, beautiful. The deep brown bark complements the light brown rings where this plaque is written. It's also carved into almost the shape of a heart. If you'd like a peek at this scripture plaque, you're welcome to visit our podcast website, unshackledpodcast.org, and stop by the audio drama page for a picture. Unfortunately, we are only able to mail this plaque to locations within the United States, so our drawing is limited to U.S. addresses. But if you reside in the U.S., all you have to do to enter our sweepstakes drawing is call 312-281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org and give us your name, phone number, and email. That's your name, your phone number, and email. The deadline to enter the drawing will be June 3rd, and we will announce the winner on June 19th. We look forward to hearing from you. And next time... Shane! Kids! A violent survivor, Raul Reese believed he was master of his domain. Suitcases! What, does she really think she can leave me? But it would all come crashing down upon seeing his wife's packed suitcases. She's got another thing coming. Yes, she does. Ain't no way my kids will be calling some other man daddy. Ain't no way. The man in our story was shocked by the depths of darkness he'd find himself in. I learned in Vietnam. Kid ain't so tough. We're all gonna go together. Would it be too late? And would he have gone too far? You see, God has offered us eternal life through this gift of his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for your sins. This sounds too good to be true. Surely this guy doesn't believe God can forgive all my stuff. Find out on this conclusion of his exciting true story, coming soon on Unshackled. Heard in the true story of Raul Reese Part 1 were Howard Friedland, Kurt Nabig, Anna Maria Alvarez, Mara Kate Burns, 
Amanda Markeski, and Demetrius Troy. Original music, Don Badorf. Sound effects, Demetrius Troy. Sound assistant, Holly Krajewski. Recording engineer, David Pierczynski. Audio engineer, Michael Kahn. Script, Kylie Hammond. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ. <laughs>